0: Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to a Monday morning Kings of Anglia podcast. Um, uh, well, uh, as you can hear already, I'm Mike Bacon, the grand porker, Le Poncho de la Le Puano de la Porc de la Ponce. And yes, I'm back, contract signed. I's dotted, T's crossed. Yes, got Mr. Heath. Um actually he's in his allotment this morning. He's uh, not be he won't be here this morning. He's planting his carrots and his runner beans, apparently. He's all gone, he's gone all very sort of green. So he won't be. I'm here taking over this week. I hope you enjoy this. Um, um and thank you for all for, for everything. Real well, it's great, great to be here. Um, um what a weekend. What a weekend it was. WWW. Well, that's the week, isn't it? Win, win, win. I was gonna say www.ipswitchtownagoingup.com. <laughs> No, that doesn't quite work. Anyway, look, this is great. This is here. Here we are on the King's Magnet podcast. So looking forward to chatting to you over the next hour or so. Um, as I say, Mr. Hutchman, uh, Mr. Well, uh, Heath can't be here, but Mr. Hutchman, well, he's just finished a European tour of football stadiums. So you'll hear all about that, hopefully, on Thursday. And um, we're going to look back at Morecambe. where where are at Morecambe? we you at Morecambe. You at Morecambe? Oh, what a great weekend that was. And I'm joined by two, well, two of my... They say is it quality over quantity? Well, not in this case. No, I'm joined by the, firstly and foremost, a man who, well, if you've seen Game Day this week, if you haven't seen Game Day this week, you ought to go and you ought to go and have a look. It's an absolute classic. It's the man. This man, he went to Morgan, spent more time on the seafront in the amusement arcades than he did at the Mazuma Stadium. Hey, he's come home with three cubby toys, two rubber ducks, and a three-foot plastic Pokemon, would you believe? All he, he won at the amusements. It's um, oh, he had a great time. Check out his game day. It's Roscoe Hall. Ross, how are you this uh, fine Monday morning? Well, it's not fine, it's drizzling a little bit, but it's going to dry up a little later. You had a great time at Morecambe, didn't you, Ross? It was like being on holiday.
1: I am very well. I am very well indeed. And breathe, Michael, and breathe. A um, mm. fantastic intro as ever. But yeah, lovely, lovely weekend in Morecambe. And yeah, I have to say, I probably spent more time in the movements than um, the Mizuma Stadium because yeah, probably spent a good hour or two, you know, playing all those games, winning all those toys. And went to the Mizuma,
0: saw a win. What a great end to the week. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I mean, you, that, your, game day, your game day this week was exceptional. I must confess, usually I have a little look at it and I think, what the hell is he up to now? But this week I was transfixed almost. Transfixed is a word I'm going to use by the, the sight of you standing in some amusement thing with balls flying all over you and, and hoop the hoop with the basketball stuff. And it was absolutely wonderful. But more of that later on. And my second king, my second king today, who joins me, well... well what can I say, folks, when it comes to the Kings of Anglia podcast? Um, he's the chief. He is the chief man. Everything he says, everything he writes, everything he does, everywhere he looks. He's the chief. He's a chief football writer. If he says it, it is It is said. It's in gold. It's Mr. Stuart, the Dr. Watson. Mr. Stuart Watson, well, we've had a weekend away together. It's been absolutely delightful. Um, well, how are you, my friend? I mean, it's it's great to see another win on the road. You must be delighted. And, and of course, having spent a weekend with me must have been, well, quite something.
2: Quite something indeed. I... <laughs> for those that have just listened to the Mike Bacon intro, there. This is this is a man that I've just spent well a good part of, of twelve hours in a, in a confined space of a vehicle over the weekend with. Um... You like to talk, don't you, Mike? You we got you dropped me off, and you said, "I do like to talk, Stu." Mm. Yes, yes, Michael, you do. You do. You like to talk. I I worry for the people that have this on. You know, some people listen to podcasts on times two speed or times three speed to go through them those intros would be a whirlwind let me tell you if you're listening to those on on double speed um slightly concerned that you said you were transfixed by ross's um game day because i was what i watched that in the car while you were driving so if you were transfixed to it i'm I'm a bit concerned you didn't have eyes on eyes on the road at that time when we were driving back but
0: good work ross enjoyed that very much Excellent work, Ross. You're absolutely right, Stu Pop. But I was transfixed, and if you noticed, I had one eye on the uh, on the on the video and one eye on the road. I can do that. Right. You see, my eyes can spread both ways. So it's it's, an, it's, it's quite a skill. I learned it at school. It's a actually. Yes, I learned it at school actually when um, when when um Mr. Jacobs, our math teacher, was, was doing stuff on the blackboard and and the and um, and so a little young lady I used to like was was it was in like year fourteen and she used to sort of run past the window. So I used to glance one way and what came eye on my maths the other way. Very clever skills, Stu. You you, you should you should you should uh, you should but anyway, but what a weekend. What a weekend, Stu. I mean, where do well, let no. We had a weekend away and we spent, the, we'll talk about the football in a minute because I think people need, they like to know these little sort of side pits, don't they? Like we, we, we got to Morecambe and um, well, Stu, tell them about the fish and chips. I mean, the man on the gate told us, didn't he? He told us where we got to go for a little snack. He did. He sent us to one particular fish
2: and chip shops, uh, shop. What was it called? Atkin- Atkinson's, Atkinson's. Mm. Atkinson. And off we went, walked, walked down to the seafront, had that very good recommendation. Then we got back to the ground and he said, Was it good? He was very insistent that we go to this one place. We we're slightly concerned that it might have been his his brothers or something, or he was getting a little bit, little bit of money on the side. But to be fair, it was a good recommendation. And then you made the you made the mistake of telling him, Yep, yeah, had a nice little bit of curry sauce with it as well. Yeah. His face dropped. Looked like you'd just given him a a dog poo sandwich. <laughs> it was um he was not impressed. He told us that was sacrilege. Uh, to be having curry sauce without with our fish and chips.
0: He wasn't very impressed, was he, Stu? I mean, I, I thought I was being sort of like just helpful, really nice, and telling how we'd been, and and, and just. Chucked in the tub of curry sauce, and with that, his face dropped like a stone, didn't it? And um, yeah, I sort of felt I felt a bit bad, really, Stu, to be perfectly honest. He'd been so helpful to to pour this all the way there, and then we're going to have curry sauce. But anyway, so so we worked down to the front, which of course is where young Roscoe was. Roscoe spent a lot of time down on the front. What's it? And he even, which is extraordinary, if you've seen game, he even managed to get an interview with the Eric Morecambe statue. Which is, I mean, how many people managed to get that? I mean, it was wonderful. How did, how did that? How did that feel, Ross?
1: Yeah, my my people spoke to his people and we got it sorted. Um he was very bold, as I said, with his prediction for a Morgan win. But he was literally right, you know. He was literally right. Welcome took the lead in that game. But um no, good chap, Eric. Um very much before my time. But um yeah, a bit of comedy gold for you. That was that was uh all from all from here. You not know, off the cuff. One take as well. One take, we did it. One take, me and Eric. So thanks, Eric, again.
0: I won't quite go so far as comedy gold, uh, Ross, but I mean, I know what you mean. Um, it, was, it was amusing, yes. Um, anyway, so, uh, but, but of course, Morkham and Wise, big, big, they even played Bring Me Sunshine, of course, at the start doing that before kickoff, which, of course, most people around me who, like, sort of in Ross's age were sort of wondering, on earth they're playing this silly tune for i never heard of it. I had explained to young Stu Pot also, uh, the doctor, that this is a Morkham Wise tune. Did you ever watch much of Morkham Wise, Stu? Do I don't suppose you really need much of
2: Morkham Slightly before my time. I kind of remember yeah. it from my childhood, but uh, mm. not
0: quite my era. No, and you certainly don't, Ross. So you're quite happy interviewed somebody you didn't even know who he was. Is this what we, this is what we're getting down to the nitty gritty of this?
1: No, no. You you've still got to you know appreciate a legend of British comedy. So um, you know I'm, I'm ticking it off uh, my list of you know achievements in my career so far.
0: So yeah. Fantastic. And he probably appreciated uh, a YouTube comedian genius as well, And interviewing yeah. him at Ross, which was which was <laughs> wonderful. Um, so look, hey, we had a good time at Walkham, And Ipswich Town fans, you were there again in your over 1,000. That's a long old trip up the Lancashire coast. I mean, Stu, come on, you go home and away everywhere. These Ipswich Town fans, what a what a top bunch they are, aren't they, supporting their team? And at the end of the match, what great scenes as uh, as the boys went over. We'll, like, say, we'll talk about minute, but just a little bit about the fans, Stu. It's a, it's a long trip, and what great support
2: it's a long trip I think uh, we left off you talked me down to 7am departure <laughs> we, we did get there a little bit early but it was a long long old journey on Saturday morning and um, I think that the team coach um, from what I gather took more than seven hours on Friday to get up there so I'm sure a lot of those fans faced similar, similar journeys there and back some will have done it there and back on the day Remarkable support. We've said it so many times. I think more than a thousand at every away game so far. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, huge attendances at Portman Road now. I'm tempted to say, build it and they will come, which I guess is is true for the home attendances. But that away support has been there through thick and thin, hasn't it? Even when things haven't been going well with Switch Town fans, that loyal core home and away, so loyal. And uh, I'm just just delighted for for those sort of uh, fans that have have been there through thick and thin and finally finally
0: getting a, a season to be excited about now. And Ross, I mean, we, it's rather strange because at the end of the match, Stu and myself are often sort of scribbling away or typing away furiously. We don't sort of actually get to see all the excitement of the away end and the players going over, and we sort of glance up and have a quick look. But it's not. I mean, the the fans at the end. There's some great scenes again at the end of the game, wasn't there? And suddenly the, the noise erupted. It had been they've been loud all not all game, Ipswich fans, but the the noise at the end was particularly vocal. They really got really enjoyed the boys coming over to see them, didn't they?
1: Yeah, definitely, and um, there was a moment also. Colin Edwards came over and gave a shirt to um to a fan. I think someone got hit by a ball, um, in the warm up, and um, yeah, someone, um, of course, got a, you know a shirt. I think they, the club wanted to make sure that person who got hit by the ball at least got something, you know, a souvenir mm-hmm. to sort of say thanks for for being here and also sorry to hit you in the ball. But not like, even me, you know, I know a lot of the. A lot of the people in the crowd who are listeners, or listeners of the podcast, you know, friends as well, and just seeing their happy faces, you know, give, give them fist pumps, give them high fives, hugs, and just all great smiles and great. Um, and we finally beat a team we didn't beat last year in Morecambe. So, yeah, great scenes, great, you know, the players appreciating it. Kieran McKenna, you know, always doing his, he's new, really. He's doing a lot of the fist pumps now, um, you know, really appreciating the fans. And, yeah, it's a long, long journey, but um, a lot of town fans left that Mazuma Stadium. Very happy indeed.
0: I think he's. He might have. He might have watched you with a few of your little fist pumps, uh, Ross. That you, you give you give you old girl a little. It's all a bit like that. Oh, yes, I think it's a little bit like that. I think he must watch this. I'm sure Kieran watches this. And about talking about <laughs> Kieran McKenna, Stu. But yes, he does, Stu. Don't laugh. Anyway, so anyway, um, Stu, a little bit funny, like a little nice little sort of thing before I match. Though we're that we're me, y- me yourself, and and, and young Mister Phil. I call him Young Mister Phil Ham. He's not quite as young as he used to be. Young Mister Phil Ham was sitting alongside us in the press box, sort of like a press. Well, it was a strange, really. It was sort of like a an eating table, really. It wasn't it sort was of like a table in front? us. So you had to bend down three foot to put your laptop. <laughs> That's a on. great.
2: That is a great shout. It's like um, <laughs> if when if you go to your nans after school and she'd get out those little um, what are they called the little nest of tables that kind of stack <laughs> underneath each other, and it's just just that awkward little bit too low, and you kind of hunched over. My my shoulder and back were in were in bits at the end of that game, weren't they? But um, yeah, a little overflow area, um. At, at Morecambe. It's um it's kind of a a boosted non-league setup, isn't it? Really? There's a club that has come from from non-league beginnings. It's it's a n you know, like so many of these other grounds that we go to in, in League One, it's uh you know, it was nice, it was pleasant. there in a nice atmosphere around around the club, a bit like Accrington, um music and lively bar area after the game and, and everything like that. It's um that was a nice little setup up there.
0: And I was just going to say, that's where we were. And a little thing about Kieran McKenna, Stu, that uh, again, like a little just a little thing that might. as he came out <clears throat> onto the pitch, um, to, just to walk onto the pitch, he, he glanced across up at us, didn't he? The three of us sort of sitting there looking sort of like a little press rabble and put his hand up and waved. And I thought that was quite nice, you know, for the Ipswich Town manager to make an ever just a wave to... To the press, which he didn't
2: have to do, did he? You would you would think that's a really small thing, but every every time Kieran McKenna wishes us a safe journey home or just yeah. asks us if we're well, or I think there was there was a moment last season where I think after the final away game he just said, you know, thanks thanks for all your your efforts with the travelling this season and we almost all fainted and, and dropped down. Um because we're not used to that from Ipswich town managers. Normally a the managers come out, obviously stadiums are pretty empty a couple of hours before kick-off when we're in there and the manager comes out to, to walk around the pitch. And um, Yeah, normally we get the the death stare from a manager. I remember being sort of on uh, on the end of, of a few of those from, from Paul Lambert and Stuart Taylor that would sort of look up at us and mutter to each other. And yeah, you felt like you were more likely going to get the... Uh, a different type of hand gesture, rather than a than a friendly hello. So, um, yeah, it's just the mark of the man, isn't it? And Kieran McKenna, he's just
0: a, a very good people person. Mm, absolutely. Well, look, let's talk about the game a little bit now. Then, I mean, obviously, it was a uh, it was quite fu- funny, Stu, Actually, where we did our, our, I did like, I did like you. You caught me on the hop a little bit when we did our sort of reaction piece at the end with a very good opening con When you looked at me and just went, uh, "Never in doubt," was it, Mike? That was your opening gambit to me, and I sort of looked. Uh, but um, yeah. A strange first half, Stu. Um, they did what they 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 did what they said they were going to do, getting into faces a little bit, didn't they, Morkham?
2: Yeah, everything that Connor Ripley, their goalkeeper, had said in the build-up about we need to be horrible, nasty, brutal. Um, bottom of the table, everything going against them at the moment. They're a club up for sale, financial difficulties. I think they had eight senior players out going into this game why should they just sort of go try and go toe to toe with it, with a club like Ipswich and, and uh, that would be, that would be football suicide, wouldn't it? So they, they, they took the fight to Ipswich in, in that first half and were very awkward opposition. Um, Kieran McKenna admits that, that kind of their approach caught them out a little bit. I think they were expecting them to maybe sort of park the bus a bit like Cambridge and go with a low block, but they went with the man to man press and they got right in Ipswich town's faces and, um, never gave them a moment to settle or get their possession game going at all. Every time a loose ball dropped, it was a fight ball. There was two men right on top of Ipswich and um, just couldn't get anything going at all. Ipswich got to half-time, um, don't think they'd had a shot on target, don't think they'd forced a corner um, and crucially found themselves 1-0 down because Morecambe managed to nick a goal from a from a set piece. And um, We're thinking, oh, OK, this isn't quite the... Uh, Quite the walk in the park that many thought it would be at halftime. Real, real test of character. And of course, a test of character that, that they passed with I wouldn't say quite flying colours, but was certainly one they passed in the second half, which uh which is a, a massive positive.
0: Yeah, I mean, what well, how are you feeling, Roscoe down on the touchline there? I mean, obviously you were you were, obviously you were stuffing your sort of cuddly toys in your in the back of your rucksack as you were trying to with all the stuff you'd won on the seafront. But no, it was a yeah, it was a you sort of look at everyone's sort of looking at each other at half time and like sort of a bit of a gulp, wasn't it? Um, oh, this really, I mean, if it'd just been nil nil, I suppose it'd have been relatively okay. What well, was we But Ipswich were one nil down. I mean, that was just unheard of in, for so many weeks.
1: Yeah, I wasn't, it wasn't a great first half of football. And, um, yeah, I was like going, here we go again. Here we go. Town go to Morecambe and then one nil behind I thought, oh... After a great week we've had, the Portsmouth win, the Cambridge win, and we go to Morecambe and, you know, all those fans in that way. And also, I want to say as well, whoever lost the touring cost, I don't know if we won it or they won it, but I, I looked up and I went, why are the town players huddling next to me? Because, of course, I want to be where the action is. So I had to, of course, walk. And, of course, I had to walk past Kira McKenna. The, the, the ball was kicked. And I heard Kira McKenna like do a shout. And I was like, oh, God, I need to run quickly um so that was just annoying part of the game i had to get up and move and that's one of the worst things for a photographer or a video man you need to basically you want to be where the action is so that was annoying part of that first half and um but yeah the first half wasn't great but the second half you know we, we stepped up a gear and um finally thankfully
0: got the win but um we'll expand more of course on the goals and the penalties Mm. Absolutely. Well, what second half it was, Stu. I mean, and it's rather interesting because um, I mean, you spoke to Kira McKenna. I spoke to Lee Evans. There seemed to be, we talked about halftime, what the halftime dressing room might be like. Would there be teacups flying all over the place and boots being thumped into people's heads? And, and I don't know what else they have in there. Um, liniment being hurled from one place to another. People's heads being ducked in the toilet. I don't know what was going on in the halftime But we It probably was nothing like that at all, Stu, was it? And that's probably... A very big difference with Kieran. You can imagine Kieran McKenna or just walking in the dressing room and just putting his hand calm. That everybody keep calm. Probably how it was. Do. I
2: don't think he had to say a lot. From from all accounts, he said it was it was a player led discussion that they were they were calm. They had belief. They'd worked out what wasn't going right, and they knew that they had time to put it right. And and they just stuck to their task. And Kieran McKenna just said. I didn't really have to say a lot. I just had to reiterate what what the players themselves have said, and I think that's a really good sign that good sides are self managed. And there's a lot of experience in in that dressing room. They're now boosted by Richard Keogh, who we'll talk about it in a minute. But um, yeah, there was no. You would. Have, I was trying to think of how that might have been under some previous managers. That Paul Cook, for example, I would imagine is a, is a much more an emotional beast, I don't, maybe I'm doing him a disservice we don't see behind the scenes but from what we saw of Paul Cook as the character you'd imagine there would have been a bit more emotion and getting caught up in it all and a bit of raving and shouting and everyone sort of talking over each other but it just the way it was described to us it was just a very a very calm dressing room okay we're in this position, we know how to get himself, ourselves out of it and, and they certainly did that this wasn't a, a Great performance from Ipswich Town, but for what 20 minutes at the start of the second half, they absolutely blitzed Morecambe and just being very, very good for a 20 minute spell was enough enough to win this football match. They came bursting out the blocks. Edwards, uh, Morsi drove through the middle, Edwards curled one against the post. Seconds later, Chaplin's cross was headed against um, the crossbar by um, a Morecambe defender. And Ipswich just just went at them and completely raised the tempo at the start of the second half. Um, big tactical tweak, I think, before half time helped change the tide of this this game. Carl Edwards had started out on the right, w- which is where he'd had his impact off the bench with the two goals against Cambridge, of course. Um, and he wasn't getting a lot of joy there. I think Morecambe had set up really to kind of mirror Ipswich's formation. It was a, it was a back three with lopsided wing backs there their left wing back was tucking right in and their right wing back was pushing forwards in the way that Ipswich kind of used Wes Burns normally. And so Ed, Edwards didn't really have the space to operate down the right-hand side, but McKenna kind of saw that towards the end of the, after the Morecambe goal went in, switched Edwards over to the left, brought Jackson out to the right, moved John Jules up front. And all of a sudden, Carl Edwards started to get a bit of joy, didn't he? And because um, uh, there was a bit more space to operate in and uh, again, for the third game in a row, he's he's had a really big hand in it which
0: turning this this game around. Mm. But of course, there's the equalizer, of course, Ross. I mean, the equalizer from, from the fridge, from the fridge, George Edmondson. I mean, and um wow, he took that. Um he took that nicely, didn't he? I mean, that corner's rather interesting. Leaf Davis took the corner. I mean, Lee Evans have been taking corners, and then Leif Davis took a corner, and, and that was lovely sight, lovely sight. Was it sort of like a side foot finish, really, from inside the six shot box? But it came from nothing, really. Ips should really start that second half well, and they get this corner and bang, suddenly just happens and from an unlikely source.
1: Yeah, I've been thinking or we've been saying um, we've been wanting our set centre-back scoring goals and um, Jordan Emerson steps up and scores, which is good to see. And um, I think you guys said in your your video, or Stu said, especially, you know, Jordan Emerson was saying about um, wanting to score and, you know, improving shooting stats on FIFA. And I'm sure that has improved because um, getting a goal. But yeah, it's good to see a goal from a set-piece because we don't score many of them. Um, but, yeah, as you said, unlikely source. And um, I just love the celebrations because, of course, Emerson went went right back, you know, celebrated with the fans, celebrated Richard Keogh. Um, and he went, let's get back into this game. And that's what they did. And, you know, they went on, of course, went on to win it in the end. But, um, yeah, good to see good old Fridge. He's in mm-hmm. good form at the moment and also get a goal. Good for him.
2: First goal from an Ipswich defender since... Do you, do you, do you know how far back we're going? It's the first one under McKenna. It's actually the first since George Edmondson back at Plymouth on October 30th. So, wow. 44 games later, and an Ipswich defender had, had scored again in in the league. That is, I think yeah. Greg Lee got a couple, didn't he, in the in the trophy? If you want to put him in that defender category, but yeah, certainly the first time an Ipswich centre half has scored since since that Plymouth game way back in
0: uh, at the end of October pre-McKenna. Mm. See, look, they get forty-four games ago, and more importantly, as you rightly say, Ross, his FIFA stats have probably gone up for for goal scoring or shooting or whatever it is, which is, of course, even more important um, for all of us who play FIFA twenty-three and have uh, the fridge in our side. So, anyway, but that's that. Uh, so that was that. Uh, that we're back on terms, Stu, and then suddenly it's a. It, now I see. See, I used in the video after I said about a tale of two penalties, uh, of which you had already used. Um, in the video before I said it and you sort of said to me I've already said that and I said well I'm saying it again and you said but I've already said that and if you watch back our reaction piece that's where you sort of said so you said it first so yes you did and it was a tale of two penalties Stu. Yes it
2: was Michael Uh, a tale of two penalties let's all keep saying it until it's uh, hammered home tale of two halves a tale of two penalties um Yeah, Kyle Kyle Edwards wins the first one. As I said, he was getting a lot more joy joy down that left side, a bit more space to operate in, cuts inside, um, tripped. Don't think there was any any, uh, doubt about that one, was there? Um, Connor Chaplin takes it. In our post-match video, I'd only seen it live once, and where we were sat in that overflow area was up the other end towards the Ipswich Town fans, and I didn't get a great view of it. And in that video, I said... Not the best penalty, not the worst. It wasn't great. Looking back at it, it wasn't great at all, was it? Far too central. wasn't Wasn't hit particularly cleanly. Um, and it is at that moment where you know Ross has talked about all those feelings of Ipswich Town fans. Oh, wouldn't this be typical Ipswich? We go and win the two big home games, and then wouldn't it be typical Ipswich? All those little nagging doubts that are still not completely blown away in the backs of our minds. That oh, typical Ipswich will go and not do it here. Uh, even after we've got a penalty. Um, Connor Ripley, the one who's been, you know, was becoming the pantomime villain Ipswich Town fans had been giving him some real stick in the first half. I think the chant was, you're just a fat Casper Schmeichel or something (laughs) along those lines. He makes the save. And you think, this is going to be one of those days, isn't it? But um, it's a different Ipswich Town side now and they've got a bit more about them, a bit more balance, a bit more calmness, a bit more quality, a bit more depth. All of those different things are going into the melting pot, and they uh, they went and got another penalty. Um, Caden Jackson winning it this time, d- dived in. This one wasn't quite as clear cut to me. I no. think it probably was a penalty, but yeah. it's one probably if it went if it went against you, you might have a few question marks against. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's when Lee Evans decides takes it upon himself. No, I'll take the pressure off you. Connor
0: takes the ball and um, emphatic finish this time. Good finish that, Ross, wasn't it, from Lee Evans? Really, I really enjoyed that penalty. I, I said to Stu as we were sitting there, I said, smash it down the middle. Um, uh, he sort of hit it quite hard. But he didn't smash it down the middle, that's for sure. He put it in the corner. It's a really, real, real firm penalty.
1: Yeah, never in doubt for me for when Lee Evans step up. I think there's certain players you just look at and go, he's going to score for it. Even Connor Chapman, to be fair, i found normally confident with him, you know, at set pieces. But, yeah, he's, he's the penalty for him was not great. But, yeah, Lee Evans stepping up. I think I saw um, some tweets about Tommy Miller because, of course, Tommy Miller... Was the man who, and he's I think he's at the game for Derby. So if um, if we need someone to take a penalty, Tommy Miller's the man, of course. But now good to see you, Lee Evans scoring, um, and yeah, it's mad to think we had two penalties in the same game because when was the last time we had a penalty? It's been a while, mm. I think. So yeah, to have two penalties so in a game. Four-nil win great. at Gillingham
2: in the very yeah. early days under McKenna. So again, you're going back. I think that was 36 games prior. So it's a long wait for a defender to score. A long wait for a penalty. That's, ironic that it was a week on from Kieran McKenna post Portsmouth getting two penalties at Portman Road. Sort of, <laughs> he was saying, well, it's been ages since we've had a penalty and we're certainly due, due one. Um, and then along come two in the space of, what, seven minutes, certainly inside 10 minutes. Um, but th- those penalties came through a bit like the sort of Cambridge breakthrough in, on Tuesday night where we talked about, OK, a bit of fortune about the way Ipswich scored their first and second goals. But... They came as a result of sustained pressure. If you, if you put sustained pressure, you, you make your own luck. And uh, and Ipswich uh, Ipswich got the penalties and, and they got the lead. And, um, and obviously saw
0: it out from there. Saw it out from there. Great celebrations at the end, as you say, Roscoe. Um, you know, on, um, on game day, the Blue Army were, were delighted, weren't they? The KOA Blue Army were delighted.
1: Yeah, they were indeed. Um, it's always good to, you know, definitely northern away trips. Obviously, good old John Watson, um, King of the North and all that. He's uh he's always good, good fun to chat to after a win. Um even after a defeat, you know, he's still he's still happy. He's trying to find the positive and stuff. But no, a big shout out to to everyone who got involved in in-game there. A few Davidons, um a shout out to to Liam and Paul, who were my companions to Morecambe this weekend. Um, but yeah, a lot of happy faces leaving more because, as we said, it's a long trip um, and to leave there with a defeat or a draw, you know, it's just not, I wouldn't say it's not worth it, but you're like, oh, why can't we leave here without a win? But no, all three points and as we said, WWW, um, town having a fantastic week.
2: It's good to tick off some of these long ones early on. McKenna again made this point in, in the build up to this one that especially going to a, a a ground like Morecambe, you want to go there when the pitch is still in good condition. And the pitch looked really good, actually, um, in stark contrast to what it was like when we went there last, back in February when it was gone through the, the rigours of winter and was cutting up quite badly. And and Ipswich have got a lot of this this travel and mileage out, out the way early on as well now. We've done Plymouth, we've done Accrington, we've done Morecambe. Um, it Feels like we've we've done quite a few of the miles on the road now, and it's only really Exeter. Well, it's a midweek trip to Port Vale, and a, and a Saturday game at Exeter this side of Christmas, and then some of the real long ones left to go are, are sort of later in the season now. So sort of when we're in the depths of winter and the pitches are getting heavier and injuries are starting to bite, Ipswich, if you can take some of that travel away away from it, I think um, I think that will that will work out quite nicely for Ipswich.
0: Been quite a week then, boys. Um, I mean, if we you know, sitting here this time, well, this time last Friday, we're never talking ahead of the Portsmouth game and suddenly we'd be sitting here sort of like however many days on and it's gone win, win, win. Um, it's a terrific week. I mean, I, I I, just think the three, I personally think the three wins has been so different as well. It did in different circumstance. Um, Ross, I mean, you know, Portsmouth, Cambridge, Morecambe, all in different, in different ways, you yeah, know, to finish this week with nine points, with a week with nine points, Uh, start to feel it now, Ross, a little bit.
1: Yeah, we said last week on the last podcast, that it's something especially special brewing. And even before that, I felt felt like anyway, with Kieran McKenna at the helm. And yeah, as you said, we're we're ticking so many boxes, beating a, you know, a better side, beating a a team that were parking the bus. And then beating a team we didn't beat last year, who was a very cagey affair. Um, This team can show that they can win any sort of game. And, uh, and that is very good to see. And, uh, you know, I said earlier, even at the beginning of the season, I'm, I, w- I went with my heart this year, second, second, you know, top two happy days. And I think it could happen this year if we, if we continue going the way we're going, points per game and all that sort of stuff. This could be the year, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, you know, we, we can sort of say, oh, let's not get too carried away. But come on. Yes. Why not? Because, let's. because, Yeah. It's, it's 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 just so good at the moment it's so positive it's oh, i just love it at the moment
0: well i get a I, bit confused because in my columns that i write one minute i'm getting all excited about winning everything next week i'm trying to tell everyone to keep the feet on the ground as, as the doctor pointed out to me last week um via a whatsapp text which is very kind of him and i did refer, thank you very much to you um one week i would written um that uh, we've got to all get excited and then i get too excited you see so then i have to turn around and say everyone's got to keep calm so i I'm really, I'm, I, I, I sort of, I sort of contradict myself all the time, but I don't. I am excited, really, Stu, as you can probably tell, and so are you, to Even under that, under that sort of tough journalistic exterior, even, even, even the doctors get a little bit, a little bit sort of, hmm, this could be quite yeah, interesting. of course,
2: of course, we've hmm. wait, waited a long time, haven't we, for um, yeah. a season like this, where every game feels like it means something, where every home match feels like a big occasion. Um, so enjoy it, and I wrote a. a comment piece a long time ago I think talking about when managers always talk about staying grounded. That's the job of the manager and internally for everyone to stay grounded and there is no doubt that McKenna and Co will be doing that and they'll be taking the next game mantra and all of that. That's fine. It's not the job of the fans to stay grounded. It's the job of the fans to get excited and get carried away because otherwise what's the point? You're a football fan to get swept along in it all and you know, don't feel guilty for kind of thinking oh i mustn't i mustn't get carried away you get carried away enjoy it it's not going to it's not going to affect the team it's not going to suddenly stop them it's not going to make the team more arrogant or less grounded for you being excited and believing it can happen in, in actual fact i think when people come to the ground believing in the team that translates to them that they they feel that sort of belief and confidence that that, that the crowd believe that they can they can find their way out of games. So, um, you know, out of sticky situations in games. So as you say, it's a it's a massive week because successful teams need to find different ways of winning football matches. And there's been three very different styles of football match. And uh, yeah, how every game we keep saying that's a game which wouldn't have won last season. Mm. Um, and week by week, they just keep, keep showing progress, don't they? So, quarter of the way into the season now 30 points on the board i've lost track of what it is like for like on fixtures last season 20 something points um up on on what they did in the like for like fixtures so it's all going
0: all going very nicely isn't it very nicely indeed Mm, absolutely, Stu. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right, especially about the fans getting excited. It's an absolutely spot on comment. They why why not? That's what they pay the money for. They're not here to be sort of too got too objective over it all all the time. Um, now, sadly, on Saturday, um, the, the news came through, which rather dampened the, sort of the celebrations at Morkum at the, the passing of John Duncan. Of course, the former Lipswich Town manager back in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, I'm probably one of the, out of the top three. I'm the only one who saw part of his these teams and his uh his teams take shape at Portman Road. It was, it was he didn't always have the 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 success that and and that he, he really he deserved, perhaps, John. Um, he was a lovely guy, played played as well for Spurs, of course, a very good footballer and very good golfer as well. I don't know if people know he's a good golfer, but at Ipswich Town, um, I, I ble- he got, I believe, just out of the playoffs on three occasions in these three seasons at Ipswich Town, but um, very sad news. We, no one ever, you know, part of the Ipswich Town family and will always be so in Ipswich Town. Ipswich Town haven't had many managers over the years. They've had a few in the recent times, but over the years they haven't. So very sad to hear about John Duncan, and we will pass on our... Our uh, sadness to his family. Um, he died. I think he's seventy-three years old. Uh, Stu, I don't know if you know. Add any more to that?
2: No, as I say, so it's, it's sort of a little bit before my time of, of kind of keeping an eye on Ipswich. But he took over from Bobby Ferguson, did he? So he was sort yeah, of two, two down the track from Bobby Robson <laughs> and at Ipswich Town. Was it? Was I imagine was a very different football club once mm. that sort of great team kind of got broken up a little bit and. Maybe a little bit of a, a poison chalice at that stage. The expectations around that football club would have been sky high, and uh, mm. to, I know people talk about that not being the best era for Ipswich Town and the style of football and, and whatnot. But what is clear from all of the um, comments and quotes and uh, surrounding John Duncan is is what what a what a well liked man he was. People mm. like Sir Alex Ferguson and Sean Dyche and others glowing. Glowing references and comments about him um, following that sad news at the weekend.
0: Mm, absolutely right, Stu. The, 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 yeah, there wasn't a gre- it was the greatest time Ipswich Town's history. John was manager, but he was our manager, and as we said, we haven't had many managers in this football club, which we're very grateful of. Because everyone has been a top person who's given their all. So very sad to hear that. So that uh, that rather dampened things on Saturday. But um, now, my uh, anyway. But moving back to the weekend, let's a little bit of what well, a little bit at League One in general, Stu. Now. Um, the league got the Plymouth now Plymouth keep winning which rather annoys me because I've got my friend who lives in Plymouth and he's a, he, they're the Jana boys aren't they got a Jana saw and he keeps singing this Jana boys song to me down the down the microphone sometimes it rather annoys me intensely um and but fair play to Plymouth they keep going don't they and Sheffield Wednesday won Portsmouth only drew though and Barnsley surprisingly lost now I've given you about five matches there all at once Stu, for you to sort of sum up um but no what, what are your thoughts of what's uh, what's going on around us?
2: Yeah, Janners. That's, that's a reference to that's a, someone who comes from Devon is a Janner. Yeah. They sung that with gusto down there. That was a really good atmosphere yeah. down at Home Park. And they've out of everyone Ipswich have faced so far, they have been by far and away the best team. Obviously, the only team to have beaten Ipswich. A game that could, could have gone either way, of course. But they they look a decent team then, and I think they might they might just stick about. A lot of people were, were wondering whether. You know, their team might break up. Kamara, of course, was transfer listed, eventually has gone to Ipswich. And he was wondering if one or two others might leave and they might run out of steam after kind of stumbling at the the final hurdle last season. But they're looking good, Plymouth. Um, There's always one or two surprise results in this division. And yeah, as you you mentioned, a couple more uh, at the weekend, Exeter, without... Just lost their manager. Go and win at Barnsley. Port Vale win at Derby. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So, they, I mean, I think absolutely. I mean, that to me was they were they were the two big ones, really. I mean, Port Vale win at Derby. You know, extra winning at Barnsley. Barnsley had been on a great run. Never realised how good a run they've been. You don't suddenly realise these things, do you, Ross? to you suddenly look at the League One table and suddenly Barnsley were. I think they were fifth. I think before the start. And of course, we they, they drew with us and and Pompey drew as well. dropped points at home as well, Ross.
1: Yeah, which is good for us. You know, Fleetwood as well. Fleetwood have actually surprised me this year. You know, Scott Brown, their manager, you know, the Celtic legend and his first management job. And um, they're like in mid-table at the moment, doing okay. Um, but yeah, I, I put Plymouth as dark horses last year and they continue continued that theme. A lot of people think they've got a lot, a lot of lone players. I didn't realise that actually. Um, I should have looked into that when we actually played them. I'm sure I did. They've got like five or six lone players, um, so there'll be some question marks on them. Um I wanna mention Connor Wickham scoring for Forest Green as well. Um, you know, he signed there. I think a lot of people are surprised that he dropped down to League One, um, signing for Forest Green. I know he was at MK Dons last year, but he scored a few goals for them now. And um my dark is Cambridge this year have um, had a bit of a blip as of late. They lost against Bristol Rovers. Um so but they're having a blip at the moment, but you never know, they may come back up. But um yeah, League One is just throwing up so many different surprise results. And as you said, the Exeter win at Barnsley, you know, to lose their manager and to get a win. And also um, their goal scorer, um, Stansfield, Jay Stansfield, of course. Um, his father also played for him, of course. He sadly died, but for him to score his first two goals to yeah. Exeter and I think, um, that Exeter, I saw them put a picture of him, celebrated doing a knee slide and they sort of had a picture of... Um, his dad like in the background photoshopped, which was a nice little touch. But um, but um yeah,
0: big win for Exeter. And I think they'll be fine even without the, you know, the, the manager leaving. Mm, absolutely. Just shows Stu, doesn't it? You know, have these, this recent run of four Mipswich Town have been on beating all these sides. You know, there are so many, there's so many banana skins out there that it's, it's just great that Town have managed to just get, keep these win. I think we went, through fixture lists sort of roughly on the way home when I was driving home about 100 miles. And I, I wasn't really, I was only doing 65. And um, you were just saying, hey, look at our fixture list. Look, actually, matches we actually won in this season. and You know, it's a it's a, it's a pretty impressive list, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, that for, that um, Connor Wickham goal came in, a, a Forest Green win against Bolton as well, which would go yeah. down as, a, as another yeah. shock result. And I you know we talked a lot about this being a division of two halves. And I think ultimately when it shakes out, you can you could pretty much work out, who the top 12 and bottom 12 will be, bar two or two or three. Um, but there's always a banana skin or two along mm-hmm. along the way. And McKenna spoke last week about as good as the Portsmouth result had been that statistically it is what you do consistently against the the so-called lesser sides is what makes the difference. Um Ipswich dropped for all the talk about the not beating the better sides in the division, Ipswich did drop a lot of points against newly promoted sides against bottom half sides last season so the, to to hold on at Forest Green which would have been a result that you know when that first goal went in that would have probably ended up 2-2 last season this Morecambe game they probably wouldn't have come back to to win um and you can go a th- through a through a few like that easy for me to say so um mm-hmm. Yeah, these they're not to be underestimated, these sort of games, when there's a bit of pressure on and everyone expects you to win for Ipswich to, I think, especially at the end of what had been a emotionally and physically draining week with a bit fair bit of travel at the end of it, um, that was a big result on Saturday,
0: every bit as big as, as the previous two. Mm, right well we talked a lot about more we, we spent a long time talking about more but we had such a fun time on the coast and roscoe's obviously come home with so many so many cuddly toys and all sorts of different things he's he's had a right good time and we we even had a steak didn't we Stu, on 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 saturday night we had a steak in wigan i mean that's how we lived it up we went we went out to wigan and and had a had a steak we had a bit of a complication with the steak we won't go into it Stu. It's, it's a long story um what was medium rare and what's not what's well done and all oh, good we had a right anyway you don't want to know all that but anyhow so but there was of course, the millionaire picks. Now, as you know, I'm back here, the Porca, the Porca, the, the Grande, uh <laughs> the Grande Fianus. And um, yes, here, but obviously I haven't been here. I wasn't here on Friday. Um, I wasn't, wasn't invited on Friday, was it? The contract hadn't been signed. So I mean I'm still I'm back here now. And so Millionaire Picks, um, where are we at now? Who can fill me in out of out of the doctor or, or Roscoe? I mean, which one of you knows none of you? Roscoe by looking at these eyes or already looking up to the ceiling means he doesn't know. So I'm gonna have to go over to the doctor because he obviously knows what's going on with the millionaire picks. Um uh, Stu, is there something you can... Can you fill me in?
2: I do. I referred back to this before we came on because I thought you might you might bring this up. Um, and it's normally a shambles where we all look at each other and shrug our shoulders and I don't <laughs> remember. Andy wasn't with us last week. Mark assigned us each £100,000. I don't know whether that was from Andy's pot or not. We might have to ask Andy. I don't know if we were just given a free £100,000. But if it was... We've pissed it up the wall immediately. <laughs> uh, I'll let Andy decide where, because he's he's the, the pot was big. I don't think he'll miss a couple of hundred grand from his pot. Maybe, mm. maybe he'll just say yeah, shrug his shoulders, and say whatever, easy come, easy go. But my my bet was a hundred thousand pounds on Ipswich to have seventy percent possession or above, and twenty shots on or off target or above. Mark gave me twenty-five to one. I wasn't far off that, you know. Ipswich ended on sixty-nine percent possession, Whoa. so just just off, and seventeen shots, so three
0: shy there. So I think that was a, that was uh, a decent well, bet, actually. Do you know just what, Mr. Short. what? Yeah. Do you know what, Doctor Watson? Mister Watson, I think that's a damn good attempt. That was seventy percent and twenty shots, and you're only a little bit off each. Day. And look how much you would have won hundred grand at twenty-five to one—that's uh, um to t- um two profit two, 2 as profit yeah. yeah that is a profit absolutely right that, that is definitely a profit so I mean that's that, still I'm very impressed with that actually we'll uh, we'll have a little chat off pod about any other little, uh, tips you've got for this weekend coming up now uh, any news on on Rosco? was Roscoe in this yeah uh,
2: Ross got a little bit carried away didn't he no. into this one he had Freddie Ledapo hat trick <laughs> <to> start <laughs> Freddie didn't start. And he did come on, so you're not you're not going to get that bet voided either. So that was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And you had more than five goals. You was you were expecting a a goal a goal fest, which did which yeah. didn't happen either. So um,
0: yeah, Ross's money is gone as well. Um. What you got to say to that, Ross? I mean, it's been a pretty, I mean, it's pretty, I would say, I use the word eventful um, with, with possibly a small e for your weekend. But I mean, what, what what is your excuse for that? Because that's shocking. I mean, giving someone a hat-trick we didn't even start, expecting someone to score a hat-trick. And then five goals, what, where, where, where were these, what was the score going to be of these five-plus goals?
1: I think I went, I think it was like 5-0, 6-0 town, because I wanted a, a massive win. Some, you know, make another big statement, but oh, uh, no, the boys let me down. Kieran McKenna and co let me down, losing all that money. Thanks
0: Ooh, lads. Lads were
2: getting applauded <laughs> off and Ross was just, yeah, <laughs>
0: frothing at the mouth, booing them off. Disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolute disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Well, Roscoe, yes. Well, that was the, I'm not very impressed with that, Ross, to be perfectly honest. Five dollars. A hat trick for someone who doesn't even start. I mean, that's ridiculous. But anyway. Um, but anyway, well, that, well, that's good. So, yeah. Well, the Hutch man will obviously come back at the end of the week just to discuss this. But I can't imagine if he is listening, which he pro- probably isn't because he's probably clean out. his Hutch as we speak because obviously mm. his rabbits will need clean out this time of year because it's going into the winter where they need to be bedded down. But anyway, so he'll, he'll probably be furious, I should think, when he he Or he might, as you say, Stu, just, just shrug his shoulders is in the way Andy does, and just go. Do you know what? I really don't care because the life is just one big bubble. Yeah, because this is fictional money mm, of which exactly.
2: I've got loads.
0: Exactly. So exactly. we'll see.
2: We'll exactly. see what he says. It's mine's on the milker
0: Cup, I think. Exactly. Well, look, Roscoe, talking about talk, going back to the football again, and now obviously we are a little bit of. A little bit of background here once more, which I think uh, I think the KO army like this little bit of background. I think they deserve to know some of these things as well because I mean, quite honestly, there's a lot goes on at grounds that they don't they don't really know. Anyway, we're sitting halfway through the match. It's about ten minutes in, and Town are being sort of bombarded by well, not bombarded, but they're sort of running around being kicked up in the air by Morecambe. Stu says to me, um, "We'll do the video today because Roscoe's got to get going because he's got the women's match tomorrow." Can we hurry up and crack on with ourselves without him videoing it? He'll put it on later, etc., etc. which is fine and fine. So the reason he had to go early is because he had to go to Oxford. Poor old Roscoe was charging back down the M6 for a quick night's kit and then going off to see Ipswich ladies play Oxford. A quick roundup of how they got on, Roscoe, please, and about your trip back and your late night and all these excuses you've already made up this morning as to why you were late coming onto the pod.
1: I was having a wee before we started, so I needed a wee. I didn't want to do a, you know, a wee you know, in the middle of the pod, so I made sure I'd have a week. Anyway, um, yeah, um, I was literally regretting going to Oxford because they were one 0 down um and they weren't playing that very good. And I thought, oh God, I've gone all this way and they were gonna they're gonna lose. But no, they got they got a goal back and it was very it was a very cagey, very good two sides, battling out. And um I want to give a shout out to some town fans who went to the game as well. They went to Morecambe. And they went to Oxford as well. So big shout out to all those um, who are regular supporters of both teams. For them to do that, I salute you because um I after so I was knackered after all both of those trips. But um I salute them. But yeah, a good point against Oxford, who are top of the table. Oxford, just let you everyone else know, they've got an incredible home record. I think they haven't been beaten at home for literally three years. Um so I think we were go in there hoping we could break that. But um we just couldn't find that second goal. But um a one-one, good point on the road. And um, on to the next one.
0: So how have the Ipswich women getting on this season for round-up? Where are they in the table, Ross?
1: So um, they've you know had a, they had a bad start, but they've been um, had a good run recently. So they're currently sitting fourth with a game in hand. Um, so that game in hand will come in handy at some point. Um, so, yeah, they're doing, they're doing better than they were. Um, but they haven't, they haven't had the, the start they did last year. But um, fourth in the league at the moment is a good
0: good start so far. Excellent. Excellent. So there we go then. So uh, well done to the Ipswich. We going get a point there. So anyway, it's not... Yeah, well, they'll, 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 we've got a long way to go for this season. So um, so it's a week off this week, Stu, from the football, that is. We've got no midweek game, which is um, in some ways... I mean, how much is that quite nice, do you think, for, for the team to get out on the grass all week? I imagine it's been a, it's been a hectic week, it's been a hectic period, really, hasn't it? Um, and they've got a few injuries as well, of course, Stu. And in fact, McKenna alluded to it a little bit. Did he wanting want to strengthen the squad after the game?
2: Yeah, he's, I'm sure a team like Morecambe would be getting their tiny violins out when they hear Ipswich (laughs) talking about having a a few players out. I mean, Morecambe only had five players on the bench, but Ipswich are down, down to a few now. Dominic Ball dropped out because he got um, a gash on his leg playing in the, in the Cambridge game. So he wasn't, uh, he wasn't in the squad and you think he joins um, Burgess, Greg Lee, Hadmi, um, who else is there? There's, there's, a, there's a few now, isn't there, that, that are out through injury. So um, that squad was basically every senior player that was available, that 18, Cameron Humphreys coming in onto the bench. Um, but look, it's still a strong old 18, isn't it, at the moment? If you can strip away the number of players that Ipswich are without and still still be able to name that 18. And And in many ways, it might be a bit of a positive because it means that everybody feels involved and there isn't... There isn't one or two sulky faces around the training ground. Look, I think everyone's really bought into this squad ethic and that everyone's got a role to play. And I think, you know, that that horses for courses and McKenna will pick different players for different games. And the five subs rule means that I think everyone feels like they're going to get a chance to shine at some point. But if everyone was fit and Ipswich had 24, 25 players, I don't care who you are, how positive you are, if you're being told you're not on the coach going to an away game, that's very hard to come in and be all bubbly and light and and yeah. contributing. Um, so maybe in some ways having sort of a, a few players out at the moment could in a in a strange way be a positive. Of course, they won't want any more and they'll want a few bodies back, back soon. It sounds like um, Kamara and Burgess aren't far away, given what McKenna said last week. But yes, in answer to your question, I think a, a week off now, after last week is um, is a good thing. McKenna said, yeah, a couple of days, rest and recovery, first and foremost, but then we get back on the training pitch because there's always things to improve. And that is his mantra that he wants people, whether they're teenagers at the start of their career or whether you're Richard Keogh at 36 years of age, there's always things we can learn and improve. And that, that is the kind of the culture around this football club, always improving, always getting better. And uh, they'll be looking to do that. Heading into a home game against Lincoln, part of the pack out Portman Road um, package. Be another big bumper crowd there on, on Saturday.
0: Now, you see, you mentioned Richard Keogh there. We haven't really discussed him. We have a quick couple of minutes on Richard Keogh. I, I use the word grizzled. Grizzled strong defender. I mean, Richard Keo looks the part, doesn't he? I mean, this guy's got experience, and I like I liked him. I, there was a time in the first a minute, a few minutes of the first half where he came across towards the press box area, you know, was in play during the game, and he was shouting and he was giving at this and he was put, pe- pulling people here. Come here, move this. I mean, that's such experience, isn't it? Uh, Ross. I mean, to, I mean, and he had a great game as well, Keo. Bear Mount last time he he played 90 minutes. Can't remember last time he probably did, but that's <laughs> that type of character in the side. I, looked, I I don't think I really took it in at the time. It wasn't until after the match you was saying, my gosh, what experienced guy to have on the pitch at this level, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, unbelievable experience. You know, I think he's got the record of the amount of championship appearances. You know, he's another leader on the pitch. You know, Sam Morsey, you know, he's a big vocal man. He gets stuck in, but Richard Keogh is another man to sort of, for some of the players to lead by example and um yeah he had a he had a fantastic solid game. I loved the chance as well at the end. He he was celebrating the win as well. I've got some pictures of him celebrating. Um, but yeah, rock solid performance ruined. I think this was probably the perfect game. I don't know if it was used to or someone made a comment about, you know, Luke Wolford and of course was was bent for this game. But you know maybe at home games is more you want that playing, you know, you know, ball playing centre half for home games. But the Morkin game, you needed someone like Richard Coe with that experience. You know they were going to you know bombard us with balls. They're going to go man to man, and he was the perfect man to to play that game. And uh, yeah, he was solid at 36 years of age.
0: He was fantastic. Good, good. When he Steve enjoyed watching. Was well, very good.
2: Yeah, he's um. What I loved most was the amount of joy he had playing yeah. football. This is a 36 mm-hmm. years of age, as Ross said, been there, done it, 400 plus championship appearances. What he has been through. With what happened with the with the car crash at Derby and yeah. being out for the best part of two years injured at, at his age and uh, all the legal stuff that went on off the back of that, for him to have shown the desire to to come back and I think he's done some interviews saying that you know there were moments of real low moments in him but for him to come back just shows you how much he loves the game and you you watched you mentioned Edmondson running off celebrating the whole length of the pitch, Keo was there arm in arm with him mm. giving it giving it the big one. And at the end of the game, broad smiles, just got that sort of almost childlike joy for the game still at 36 years of age back at the back at Ipswich, kind of where it all started for him as well. I, I would say that he's probably, he's waited a long time to get that league start. I'm sure he, he got his head around the fact that when he first signed, it was, we need to get you sort of up to speed in terms of the the style of play and the shapes and the patterns and and all of that sort of stuff. But I bet as the weeks have gone on, as much as he's been willing to be that really good influence and almost extra coach off the pitch, he wants to play. And I think he really enjoyed that performance, just enjoyed competing. He was up against Cole Stockton. Um, you know, is a is a real handful up, up front for Morecambe, who put in a bit of a naughty challenge on Lee Evans towards the end of that game as well, didn't he? Left yeah. uh clattered into him a bit of a forearm smash after the ball had been been cleared. And Morecambe, yeah, in general they were pretty pretty good in terms of their aggressiveness, but a couple of times that one in particular sort of just overstepped the mark. And Keo was the sort of experienced, robust centre-half that Ipswich needed for, for that sort of game. So I think that's the first time that Luke Wolfenden has been dropped slash rested under McKenna. The only other league game that he hasn't started under McKenna was at Forest Green, where I believe he was ill, so that was enforced. Um, but yeah, George Edmonds. It was George Edmondson that we were saying a couple of weeks ago might be the one that that drops out, but he's been Edmondson has, has really upped his game recently, and I don't, I don't think it's any slight on Wolfenden. It was just just the type of game that
0: Keo was probably probably better suited to. Mm. I think you're absolutely right. Stuart, at 36, to enjoy the game. Like, I mean, we all love football. That's what you've got to love football. If you don't love football, don't go and watch it. Don't go and play it. Don't get involved, whatever. But you've got to love it. And and Keo showed that love. You know, it was his first game for Ipswich Town, first start. And he celebrated as though he'd been here for 10 years, you know. And it, it was fantastic. It was great to see. A bit, a bit like Ronaldo. I don't mention Manchester United. I Ronaldo. scored yesterday for Manchester United. 38 years old. seven hundred goal. he said it. He just, look on his face. He just loves it, and and that's what football's all about. Fans get that, you see. Fans notice that sort of thing. And Richard Keough, congratulations to you! Fantastic, good, 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 full league Debbie. and great to see you joining the celebrations. Love all that, and um, yeah, and of course, Kieran McKenna, Ross. He always goes to the fans. Always gives it. He's get the old, as he said, we said earlier, his old fist pumps going. I mean, the fan McKenna's at the wheel. I, I, I don't know if I'm to, I could sing. it, I suppose. Um, can I sing it? Is it was best not to. Probably not best to. Do. You could, Ross. You probably you've got a good voice. Um, no, you're know, Michael. Go ahead, do it. I, I, McKenna's at the wheel. McKenna. I can't remember it. No, I don't know. I don't know how it starts. What is it? What is it? To, it's not to Dancing Queen" by Dancing Queen by ABBA, is it? I might be that sort of singer. thats my, my sort of era. Really, it's probably more. No, fantastic stuff. But it's great, though, isn't it? Fans love it, Ross. They just, they, they've, they've got. He really has. The fans have really taken to to Kira McKenna.
1: Yeah, he's. I think a lot of people. When he got first appointed, they were like, Mm, who's this guy? But he is just everything I think even the great content that the club bring out as well. I think they did like a dugout can, didn't they? And you can see McKenna throughout the game, um, his reaction and just everything like that. Um, but you know, we saw him for the Pompey game, he really I think that was the first time we really saw him really enjoy a win. Um of course I'm sure he enjoys every win, but that was especially one where he's really going for it at the fist pump, really enjoying it. But I do like that he he's he's always over there appreciating the support from the fans because he knows how how much miles they put in. Um, but I'm sure he was he was probably as happy of that Morgan can win as he was for the Portsmouth win because he's like you know another you know team that we need to win to you know continue that great run in this division because yeah big up big, big, their banana skins and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think right now town fans are just loving McKenna and, and the players doing so well do you know who i love watching
2: on the touchline keep an eye on martin pert kieran's assistant he's um when when the second penalty when lee evans was was stepping up for that he just stood hands on head he lives every single kick he's uh he's he's
0: very emotional martin pert i like i like watching him I think I saw him at the end, near the, when the minutes were ticking over, the, going extra time. He was, he was, put, his wrist, his hand was out, point wrist. He just couldn't stop pointing his wrist. Obviously shouting out to the referee every every few seconds. You know what, how long has gone? How long? Yeah, how long we got to play? How long we got to play? But that's great. That's the passion we want. The Ipswich Town fans are passionate. The management team's passionate. The players are passionate. I'm passionate the doctor's passionate rossco's r- is passionate i mean the way everyone's passionate. we're all passionate but why not hey these seasons don't come around that often and trust me i've been around watching Ipswich town for many years whatever happens at the end of the season we're going to go with this cuz it's fantastic and it's ticking over nicely yes i know it's another game next friday uh, next saturday which you've got to look forward to and uh, all these things are still change but not at the moment they're not changing at the moment uh, and right before we leave anyway uh, any more business any more bit Roscoe, have you got any questions you want to ask me or Stu? is any you know make it personal if you like any personal questions anything you know but um how do i sort of keep my, my hair this color and stuff like that or anything like that or not nothing
1: um i think a lot of people want to know this really um how do you have your steak
0: well mm. no we i'll tell you, this is a this is really is a very complicated i really is a complicated answer I, I like mine personally i like mine um medium to well done but the doctor mm. doesn't do you
2: no i wasn't too happy we both ordered our steaks at the same time and we wasn't sure whose came out first and you were t- you you ordered first so we assumed the first one that came out was yours you were tuck it you weren't too impressed it was a bit bit too on well, the pink side for you wasn't it and then because you, said, you, ordered, oh, you wanted medium one.
0: rare didn't you you wanted medium rare yeah I'm the like, correct
2: way to have a steak well no 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 don't order well, like well, a, a steak if you don't like a steak give
0: me the correct way to have a steak uh
2: I will be backed up by nine out of ten listeners here. I'm sure.
0: Uh, not so sure. Anyway, yeah, carry on to do this. We had a bit of an issue, didn't we?
2: That that's the issue, and then I had to have your 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 chewy overdone.
0: We we actually swapped. We, we swapped a bit of the stakes over to each other. It's just, it's just. I said I'll have yours then, and you'll have mine. It was all a bit sort of comical, what really. A,
2: what a life we lead. Hey, was... me and you in a. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. what a life it was But we didn't Hotel care we... on the
2: outskirts of Wigan on Saturday <laughs> night, swapping <laughs> stakes
0: <laughs> But we didn't care because we'd just beaten Morecambe 2-1 and that was the thing, and Stu was about to start writing his 15 observations, which he, by the time he was on his 8th Peroni, he only got down to 4 No, I tell a lie, I don't, don't believe that anybody that's not true at all, no, we had um, I think we ended up with 5, did we Stu? 5 observations in the end not 15, but um, there they go, they were all there So anyway, look, we've come to the end of the podcast I hope you enjoyed listening to Sponsors um, the sponsors a shout out yeah i'm about to don't worry i I, do you think i've forgotten that sort of thing maybe uh oh yeah um and right of course uh, thanks to uh manscape our sponsors for all what they do for us uh, on the podcast and their support and we do appreciate it um of course if you want to uh, trim everything trim anything up um wherever you want to trim it um well, wherever you want to trim it, there's so many, so many, so many areas you can go to these days. <laughs> I, I don't really want to want to say more than that. But anyway, manscape our sponsors. Check them out when um, when uh, Rosco puts their logo up here somewhere sometime, which I'm sure he's probably going to do in a minute. Um, but thanks to them, uh and thanks to uh, thanks to you for listening to this on our Kings angry podcast. I'm, I'm the I'm I'm the Porca, the Mike, or the poncho i the poncho de, de Laponcho, and hopefully I'll be back again one day when I'm invited. i um, I like to say the contract was a little bit a little bit awkward to sign this time, but we've got it sorted, and I so that's why I'm back. This time um to my good good friend good good friend the doctor the doctor what's has a lovely weekend with and uh and uh yes yeah, thank you very much any other business anything you just want to say before we leave absolutely not no other business no other business from the doctor and roscoe are you going to tell us what have you done? what have you done with the cuddly toys
1: um i gave them to one to kira mckenna one to george Emerson for his gold and um, one to Freddie Dapo because he didn't get a hat-trick. So um, mm.
0: they enjoyed it. Beautiful. What a way to end the podcast. They're all joining their cuddly toys. We're enjoying the WWW week. Look forward to the Kings of England podcast. We'll be back with you and the Heath Monster later this week. I'm Mike Bacon. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. From true crime to football, Brexit to post more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archon.